You got to be on edge. I'm on edge, man. I'm going to be on tilt for the next few weeks, especially with Kyle's what basketball. What is it, a new uh, gay sex app, Tilt? Is, is it? That, we should start. That's a good name for one. That is a that good is, name for yeah, one. Yeah, that's yeah. like genius. Do you want to give him a pick? Were you Dude, paying attention man, to the were, past where two minutes? The last 60 seconds when we just put the tip. T- where were the last 60 seconds? Where was your mind at? <laughs> so check I was out. thinking about how we can market tilt. to listen to anything these degenerates say. Invest at your own risk, do research, but seriously don't listen to these ass clowns. Now enjoy Cash Daddies. Welcome to Cash Daddies. We're banking fatties. We're in it to win it. We got a great show for you. Uh, we got great guests coming up. Uh, very excited for today's show. Uh, live from the Tonight Show on the ones and twos. Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard. How are you, Johnny? I'm good, buddy. I'm happy to be here. I'm thrilled to have another day above ground. Wow, that was excitement. And in his next jersey, celebrating his world championship of six wins in a row. <laughs> How we do we? Bump, bump. Yeah. How Mix we do we? Bump, 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 bump. The Knicks are rolling. I am the king of my domain. My girlfriend. Do you trust it though, Howie? Do you trust it? Really? No, of course not. Well, I'm gonna be honest. I was wrong about Derek Bronson. I didn't think it was gonna be that big of a pickup, but he's balling, bro. Caleb Bronson is the best guard we've had in forty since Walt Frazier. He really is. He's the best guard we've had since Walt Frazier. That's that's how bad we've been at the guard position. Yeah. I mean, you could say Spreewell. But no, Brunson's better, man. Brunson, offensively, he's a left-hander, great passer, doesn't miss, plays hard. Are you telling me he's better than Frank Nielakina? Yeah, he's a little bit better than Frankie. Where's Frank Nielakina? He's back in France. Is he? In a circle jerk, hopefully. No, he's with with the Mavs. Is he still with them? He has a a court. No, man. I mean, he's averaging 2.4 a game. With the Mavs. Somehow he lasted. Well, it's good because Bronson has brought back, um, you know, uh, who's your power forward? What's his name? Uh, 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 Reddish? Not Reddish. Fucking. uh, um... Exactly. I can't remember it either, but he brought him back because he was having outs with the New York media last year. And now he's back. Oh, Randall, Julius Randall's here. Yeah, Julius Randall. Yeah, he's been good. I'll tell you a stat right now, and no one's answered it. I think we're the only team in NBA history to start. We start either three or four left-handers. We only I uh Julius Randall's a lefty, Jalen Brunson's a lefty, uh the kid who I can't think of from Duke, um from Canada. RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett's a lefty. Um, who the fuck else we start? We start the big guy. Uh, Mitchell Robinson is not a lefty, but we start either three or four lefties. How's I, RJ I'm Barrett not... been? Is he is he starting to live up to the to the billing? Oh, or a couple weeks. He's playing well now. He played well the last few games. He just ain't gonna be that though, right? What well, we thought he might be. He's not, not gonna be that. Thought, no, no, he's a good player. He's a good player. But I don't know. I'm pumped up. It's been a, you know, it's a good week. 
Market's dropping like we want. Uh, natural gas has pumped up. I'm excited right now because my girlfriend's on a 14-hour Burger King commercial, and I won't see her for you know a while. So I'm just gonna <laughs> fucking naked. Watch Dude, that. it's the best, bro. When your it's old lady's best. out and you can just do no, nothing. You I don't can have to yell. listen. She's not sitting around the corner judging everything I say. Yeah, you, know? you don't have to listen to a thousand questions, and if you oh. miss one, it means you don't respect her. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We got the conference tournaments starting up in like two hours. There'll be dude. I'm so sad. This is the most basketball show we've done, but it doesn't look like Patrick Ewing's gonna last past this year. Like his team just can't win, and he's just from a different time. Well, you know, and they play tough, man. They play everybody. I would not want to face Number Villanova in the Big East tournament to start. They they play tough, but no, he's he's he just doesn't have enough shooters. He just doesn't have enough shooters. Name a good player. Name a great player that goes back and coaches at their college that that done anything. Chris Mullen single handedly put St. John's back like twenty years. I mean, he, he didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, I don't know if Hubert Davis well, guy, is at Hubert Davis is at North Carolina now. He was. I wouldn't say he was a great player, but he was a good NBA player. What's his but name? They're not killing it. No, but they were good last year. They won the What's national championship. Name of Vanderbilt. The good player from North Carolina is doing pretty good. He's doing a good job at Vanderbilt. Yeah, Jerry Stackhouse. Stackhouse. Yes, Stackhouse. Yeah. You got, uh, let's see. Chris Collins has done a great yeah, job at Northwestern. Quinn Chris Snyder, Collins, he was a decent NBA, I mean, a college player, not not an NBA guy, though. But he's like the only assistant under Krzyzewski that's ever done shit. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. who are the others? Like Tommy Amaker, he didn't pan out. Uh, no, but he, he Tommy Amaker's like, I'm just going to chill at Harvard. He's so smart. He yeah. stayed there till his kids yeah. were done with school so they yeah. could go there, yeah. get that Harvard, and that just changes your life right there. Get a $100,000 a year education. Where'd you go to school? Portland State. Where'd you go to school? Harvard. <laughs> yeah. You know? You're yeah, right, yeah. Smart dude. And and they've had some good runs. They've had some no, good I mean, teams. like he dude, it's brilliant, dude. Now you become part of that institution and you get a couple good players here and there. They don't expect you to win jack shit. It's not the 1920s, right? Yeah. When Harvard would compete and shit. Those days are done. Your kids get in, they're Harvard educated. Now they're juiced into all these like high powered, high-end businesses. It's a real smart move. It's a real I smart move. I got a good friend of mine. I should get him on the show. He's he's an announcer for ESPN. He does a lot of the MAC games. He does a lot of the Ivy League games. He played Noah Savage. He played at Princeton. He was a hell of a player. Very good player for Princeton. Played four years at Princeton. And I started talking to him about the new NIL deals. You know, the kid today uh, was supposed to sign at Minnesota, and all of a sudden he changed. He's going to Louisville. Rumor is he's getting a check for seven, seven figures. Seven. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, Arizona so, State just got one of the top quarterbacks because he couldn't secure a $13 million bag from Florida. ASU. Pay to drop the bag is what you're saying. Like on this I don't know if they're going to pay 13 mil, but if I'm Arizona, I, I'm going, dude, I got to get good fast. Because yeah. these conferences are eating up teams. And if I'm left behind, I'll never have a good football program. So you got to get oh. good 
fast. Well, man. now that's now that's a business discussion. What the future oh. of college athletics is? Because no, the future of college athletics, it's a pro. They're all pro minor league colleges. Done. It's a professional. But, but what do you? Is it, is it one nationwide league? Is it two big leagues? You think like the ACC uh, gets absorbed in the Big Ten or something? It's, what, it's, what do you it's think? It's going to be a professional league. The bottom line is these kids. There's going to be most of these kids. The higher percentage of these kids are going to make much more in college than they ever will in the pros. Oh, that's, yeah. You're seeing that already. That's already happening. Yeah. And guess what? I don't have a fucking problem with it. But but you know what, Sam? So my point was this. I said, do you know who would have the most stacked athletic teams in the whole country and nobody could compete with them if they wanted to? The Ivy League. You want to know why? Because they're endowments. Princeton's endowment is worth more. If you put the whole Big Ten together – that's not as much as Princeton. But the question sales. becomes But they don't pay them out of the endowments, right? It's all it's just, just likeness deals, right? They could. They well, could. No, because that becomes them paying for players. That's how that that's how they go around it. But the problem is, does Harvard's population give a shit? No, they don't give a shit. So, no, Sam, never do. so the places that are gonna crush it, bro, the places that are gonna crush it are like uh What's a big school? Syracuse. Uh, Syracuse is going to crush Syracuse it. Syracuse could crush it. Texas. Right Texas. Yeah. Texas. Texas. Texas, Texas yeah. will crush it. Florida. But, all those Florida schools will do well. You know so, who's getting scared? Alabama. Alabama doesn't have the 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 the, the alumni to no, compete with no. in Texas. No, they don't have the money. They don't have the money that a lot USC? of USC. Yeah, I mean, some of these schools have Michigan. Michigan's gonna own it. Michigan, Ohio, Michigan, yeah. yeah. And so, I have no problems with any of it. The funniest thing is these these chicks trying to get on that. It's like, okay, good luck. Good sell luck. a shirt. I sell a shirt. Sell a shirt. My if favorite thing is that all these WNBA players. But, uh, this is this is what I've been saying forever. The number one female sport in the world is pornography. It's the number one female sport. All these WNBA players are quitting and starting OnlyFans. Like it's that's how little money they make. Smart move. Smart but you know, move. Sam, my point was you said, does Harvard really care? So I'm talking to Noah. And I said, Do you realize I was looking up your school's endowment? And it's like fucking seven, eight billion dollars. Yep. And he you know what he said? He said, Don't get me started. He said, I did more for that school than anyone that's a lot of those people that went there for for free. Or paying very little. He said, you know how much, when I left Princeton and graduated, he said, you know how much I had to pay back in student loans? He said, I'm not even going to tell you. The number was high. And I was like, you you played basketball for four years in an Ivy League school and you had, to pay, you had to pay student loans? He's like, yeah, a lot of them. At a school with an $8 billion endowment. That's got to hit you right here, man. That's just, that makes yeah. no sense. Why would you ever give them money after that? Why would you give them a fucking penny? I mean, God bless them, man. You know, here's God what I do. I'd be like, hey man, I want to make a donation. Oh, come on down to our office. So I'd be like there with my checkbook, right? And I'd be like the president of let's say Princeton. I'm like, eh, how much you guys want? Oh, really? How about I give you eight hundred thousand dollars? How about eight hundred thousand dollars? And I write it down and I show him the check, and the check would be made out to me, paying myself back for all the fucking student loans I had to pay at your fucking stupid ass school. And I walk yeah. out. I mean, <laughs> I mean, think of all the athletes that go that graduate from Ivy League schools that 
number one, they go to class, they play sports, they they actually are giving that college something. And what How about they- Marcus Wiley leaving to go back to teach school and start his own fucking his own podcast where he's just teeing off on all these woke reporters like Jamel Hill and shit. Like, I love Marcus Wiley. He gets it, dude. He quit Fox Sports. He's like, nah, I just want to do my own thing. Marcellus Wiley, right? Yeah. Marcellus Wiley, yeah. yeah Sorry. I don't know who that is. Yeah. So uh, talk to us about, before we get into our guest, talk to us about the market this week. All right. Well, this, you know, last week we finally had the sell-off we wanted, our SQQQ, which means we we're hoping the NASDAQ goes down. That is busting through $40, and that's what we want. Uh, natural gas has pumped up like a dollar thirteen. We finally hit a low. Things are looking good. Um, you know, a couple other things, certain sectors are kind of what we call hitting support levels. We did go in. We did buy some Pfizer at $40 because it's down from $52. Uh, again, Sam, we don't give a shit what they do. We don't even look at that. We look at charts, and we just try to bank fatties. That's all we care about on the show is banking fatties, regardless of how we got to do it. Uh, we looked at that. Another One of the readers hit me up and said, Howie, have you looked at J&J? And I, I hadn't looked at it in a while. And that also hit support. That's another solid one. We bought some 3M, MMM. Uh, at 109-ish. I think that's a good one. I like where we're standing, Sam. I mean, um, we're in good shape. I think the market's going to continue to sell off a little bit here, which is great for us. Um, And then we'll jump back in with two hands. We'll bank fatties again. Looking good, though. Looking. I love it, dude. I love it. Big week. Big, big week for uh, everybody on our our Patreon. Again, if you want to get some of the hot magic, Hot magic from Howie Dewey. Be a, a, a do crew guy, Howie's homies, depending on the week, what the name is. Okay. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash cash daddy. That's patreon.com slash cash daddy. Johnny, how was your week? Anything you want to talk about? Uh, no, I, I just saw I saw one story that was interesting. Howie, did you see this that uh, Shell actually a couple years ago considered leaving Europe for the U.S., like taking their whole operation to the United States? Yeah, it's crazy, they said it right? Close. Yes, they they said it was close. They almost did. That would have been interesting. Yeah, that's that was. Uh, I mean, that you know the way they framed it, that would have been devastating to London. Just the the uh, you know the landscape in London, the business landscape there. Can you imagine if Shell and BP both left? That would be beautiful. There'd be nothing oh, yeah. left there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what would you call it? Uh, what was the B stand for if it's if you know if they leave the UK? Yeah. No, I mean. You know, that's there's a lot of shit going on. You know, I mean, it's in it, there's stuff going on with Russia and China, but um, a lot of things that I'm looking at with the overall market tells me that this thing with Russia and Ukraine probably isn't as important as we thought it was. I mean, I, I'm just telling you, man. I have my I just Dana yelled at me. I'm I'm not as in to the whole World War Three thing. I think there's a lot of. Uh, BS going on with that. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, did you see uh, Elon Musk fired another 200 people at Twitter yeah. and dying to know what their jobs were? I, I love Twitter. I've been uh, talking about I'm going to um, upload all my edgier videos from my, um, from that I can't do on Instagram or YouTube. And if he's smart, he'll play it. He'll play it the right way. Um 
but we'll see, dude. We'll see, dude. I I think he has a chance to do something very unique. We'll see if it actually happens. Yeah, it's going to be interesting what happens with the whole situation. I don't know. I mean, the whole social media thing. Look, man, is is TikTok going away? I think it is. I don't know. I haven't heard. It looks like they're going to get rid of it. I mean, they're voting really? on it. Yeah. I mean, if Congress comes out and says bye-bye, they're going to shut it down. Um, are, they, are they voting on it? It looks like they are. It looks like they are about to. I mean, just about everybody in Congress wants to get rid of TikTok. So, yeah, so see, how, Johnny how, and I were talking two about hours it. ago. A house, this is from CNN. A House panel is going to vote on a bill empowering <laughs> Biden to ban TikTok. Go on, sorry. Uh, hold on, I lost my place. A powerful House committee is set to vote Tuesday on a bill that would make it easier to ban TikTok from the United States and crack down on other China-related economic activity amid vocal objections from civil liberties advocates who argue the proposal is unconstitutionally broad and threatens a wide range of online speech. So who do you believe? I mean, who the fuck? I have no idea. The, the 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 line the gray area with social media in general is so goddamn confusing of what yeah. you can say what you can't when can you say it when you can't uh tiktok are, are they using it just to spy on us but then i'm thinking in my mind what the fuck is china gaining out of watching like uh mary you know bounce up and down doing jumping jacks topless I think it's more about the the content they serve than than about the data they're scraping. I I, I think it could just be as much about that, than you know, uh, misleading our youth and yeah, melting their I think brains. that's a lot. And it is and it is a Chinese social media. And you know, obviously, the you our U.S. government doesn't care about if the U.S. government is spying on you or or our tech companies are spying on you. They don't like a foreign entity spying on you. Which is a, a yeah. big deal. Yeah, we're okay. That it's like that U two spy plane that, that was taking a picture of the balloon. You know, it's like 100%. it's okay. It's so it's okay for us to spy on you. Yeah, just not 100%. China. Yeah. Well, the other thing that cracks me up too is okay. We see all these Chinese balloons in the sky. Wow, let's get rid of them. But let's not worry about the uh, billions of dollars in farmland that China's buying up in the Midwest right now because well, there's states about to ban that too. I mean. How are you allowing Chinese entities to come in and buy huge, fast? Pre- what do you think? Actually, Howie, when based on a lot of these, um, God dang, based on a lot of these, um, a- experts are predicting that China is having a really bad problem with uh, producing food, uh, manure, oil. I mean, like, dude. China's making a big move on Canadian oil right now. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. They're buying a lot of property in Canada too. Yeah, I mean, like they're they're freaking the fuck out because this is what they're talking about. They have a real population problem right now. Their population is too low because of the one kid policy. It's it's like really hurting them, dude. It's it's crazy because we you know I have friends of mine coming on come on and talk about how so much of what we hear in the news is just like propaganda. But then you start getting then you start going, is it? I mean, in terms of like how strong the Chinese, um, how strong the Chinese uh, economy is, because they're talking about like 
It's in deep shit. They don't have enough people to carry their own economy. And they're going to have food problems because they have no oil for their um for to make manure. This is all craziness, dude. It's like super crazy. Yeah, they import a lot of that stuff, but then the other thing is, I start thinking the way I really start thinking the way you're what you're saying, Sam, and then all of a sudden I watch Warren Buffett and his sidekick, and what are they buying? They're buying the shit out of Chinese companies because they're trading so low. And Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett, you know, unfortunately, over the past 400 years or however long they've been alive, these fucking guys don't make mistakes, man. They don't. They. I've been watching, I've been following Buffett for 30-something years, and every goddamn thing this guy buys ends up going up eventually. And, you know, Munger's buying Alibaba. Fucking Luckin Coffee. That's the Chinese Starbucks. Who's buying? Who's buying Alibaba? Charlie Munger. He's like 178 years old. 99, yeah. isn't he? Something like that. He's old as fuck. And he came on the other day, and, and he and he and Buffett were saying what they're buying. And He's 99. Munger started buying. I know this because my goddamn, my father bought Luckin Coffee. You can't even buy it on the exchange. You got to, like, go through seven different shady exchanges to buy it, which is what my dad did. At oh, I remember you talking about that, yeah. And he bought Luckin Coffee at $11 a share, and he's like, no, Howie, it's the Starbucks of China. Everybody, the Chinese love drinking this shit. He goes, there's billions of them over there just drinking Luckin Coffee. Stocks at fucking, like, $35 a share now. Yeah. Does your dad still take your calls? <laughs> Uh, he doesn't listen to a guy, anything I say. I told him to buy natural gas. I think he did. All um, right. So let's get into our guest, shall we? Let's do it. All right, guys. I want to tell you about our friends over there at Copy My Crypto and our good friend, James McMahon, everybody. That's right. Guys, we've seen so many people make ridiculous money from crypto. But did you know it's easy for you to do the same? The Copy My Crypto membership site shows you the coins that youtuber james mcmahon personally holds and allows you to copy them it's like having a big brother who knows what he's doing you don't need to know a thing about crypto or how to invest as you simply do as he does so let me tell you more about james he runs crypto with james youtube channel which despite heavy censorship has over 26,000 subscribers. Since March 2020, he's told his viewers to buy 26 crypto coins. Had you put $100 into each, it went on to be worth $123,000. All the 26 coins, his top pick of the year called Phantom, went up 692 times from what when he said. That's one call. That one call alone has retired a number of people, including guys in their twenties and thirties. Remember, this is public knowledge. You you can go to YouTube and verify this yourself. If you'd like to join the twenty eight hundred members who copy James, then stop what you're doing and head over to copymycrypto.com/sam. That's copymycrypto forward slash Sam. That's S-A-M. You'll find the proof of everything we've said, but my listeners get full access for just $1. Once again, that's copymycrypto.com slash Sam. The recession is here, guys. You can suffer like everyone else or choose to thrive. James is a real deal. Go visit the site now. 
All right, let's get into it. Hi, why don't you introduce your friend? Yeah, all right, readers. We got a treat today. I got a special guest buddy of mine. This guy is a true entrepreneur. He does a few different things. Uh, this is my boy, Dan Britton. How you doing, Dan? I'm good, guys. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, so just so you know, uh, uh, Howie was like, man, we got a big hitter today. Very excited. And then he introduces you as, yeah, this guy does a couple things. <laughs> Dude, right. You want to start low. Yeah. You want to build up the guest. You want to start low. It's low. Dude, Rome wasn't it's built low. a day, Sammy. Rome yeah. was not built yeah. a day. Yeah. 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 That's a, so, Dan, welcome to the show. Uh, for our Thank listeners you. who may not be familiar with you, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and where our listeners can find you? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Saratoga Springs, New York real estate broker. So, I'm upstate New York, um, way up there, snowing. All that ice, um, but yeah, Saratoga been, though, baby, the land well, of horse racing. Right, right, right. Historic Saratoga Springs Springs race course, Saratoga Springs, and then of course Saratoga Racecourse. But I was born, raised here, uh, left, came back because it's really a wonderful community. I love it. So uh, how he knows, and uh, yeah, for me, I I'm a real estate broker, but my passion is basketball. Like I've always been involved in basketball. I coached basketball, played basketball. Um, started a company called International Shooter Federation where I held three-point and free-throw competitions, gave away a, a lot of money, how he competed. Uh, complained a lot, but he competed. Yeah, well, give him credit. No, I got give him credit screwed for on that, man. I got screwed. I, I, I screwed right the play. He did. <laughs> he, I got, did. I got he did. He did, actually. The whistle. The guy that was feeding me. It was my first time, man, but. Yeah, yeah. When you put an event on like that, you're dealing with volunteers. You're not paying people. So some people fall asleep. And Howie's official must have fallen asleep because he he missed like 10 shots. The 10 shots that Howie supposedly made. So we we have to revisit. (laughs) We we have to, we got to revisit the video. No, I literally, the guy said go. And I made like my first 11 in a row. (laughs) And then the May whistle blew. I had to, it hadn't even started. Listen, Howie, Howie, you got to learn to lie little, not lie a lot. You don't come out with 11 shots in a row. You go, hey, man, I hit. I missed my first one. Then I got five. Then I missed out. And then I went on a nice run. Who would have believed that? 11 in a row? 11 in a row. No, I made like 11, 11 in a row. And then, no, this was a contest, Sammy. You don't understand. The guys that won this, you had to make. They're legit. You had to make 20, 25 threes in a row to have a chance. If you yeah, missed well, three, you basketball. basketball is it was- my favorite sport. It's my favorite sport, and I love it. And what I really love about basketball right now is, like, you know, this is a this is a financial podcast, but we're always telling people about, you know, creating your own brand. A lot of it's in the digital world, and I just love this new kind of little, you know, sub – reddit world on youtube of like just ballers who like kind of meet up with other ballers and they film the one-on-ones and then there's money involved and there's just like all these guys that go from different parks in different city challenging the best of that city like i love this whole underworld culture of basketball that's kind of bubbling up on the internet and that's what i'm trying to tap into you don't even know this but you're talking about the underworld of basketball. So, uh, Dan, tell him what you do besides selling homes. He literally was doing that. He was literally doing so, that. <laughs> yeah, so I I, I hold and promote uh, basketball shooting competitions. 
it's on hold right now, but I, I'm supportive of everyone else who's trying to do it as well. But, but I'm tired of paying for it. Uh, there's just not enough money being invested into creating a sport of shooting a basketball. So I'm waiting for everybody to catch up. And once that catches up, then I'm going to run with it. But I also do – I've been general manager of a couple of different TBT teams, the basketball tournament. I love uh, team that. For that. Yeah, team for that, the money team, Floyd Mayweather's team. I was I was involved in that. Uh, but I took it back. See, a million dollars isn't enough. They're, you know, free labor at, you know, a million dollars just isn't enough. So they got to bump that purse up to $2 million before I jump back in. It's just not yeah. enough. It's a lot of work. What, what now you were, were you, were you with Floyd Mayweather's team last year? No, I, I took a back seat because it, it just, like I said, a million dollars just doesn't move the needle for me. Well, yeah, well split winner take off so. people too, right? That million yeah, dollars. Split, well, well, a million dollars. Everybody involved. Right, right. You're talking 15 people at the end of the day. So you bump that up to $2 million, you bump it up to $5 million, it gets more interesting. And uh, the players deserve it because these are pros playing that tournament. Yeah. You know, it's $70,000 $70, to a pro when you're you're showing up basically to pay for play for free unless you win the whole thing. It's really not worth the risk of injury. So from my take on it, they got to bump that purse up to make it more interesting. Well, and they should. I mean, it's been on ESPN every year for like the past, I don't know, five, six, seven years. I yeah, mean, Puma, Puma sponsors them. Uh, yeah, they they must be making money. They got to be. Like, how the hell is that not more than a million? It's been a million for a while now. They bumped yeah. it up, up to two million and brought it back down a million. Uh, they need to bump it up. The more money they yeah. they put as a prize, the better the talent is. It's a big problem I have with the UFC. And I was listening to Chris Weidman. I don't know if you're an MMA guy, but he's out of Jersey, uh, uh, former champion. Yeah. And he was talking about when when you the UFC took away their sponsorship because they started uh, signing sponsorship deals with major brands, starting with Reebok, and it just annihilated these fighters' abilities to make money. And there's that's a big problem. So my whole thing is like you know the UFC as MMA has kind of started to plateau. It's it's not growing anymore. And I go. It's not going to grow anymore until the fighters make more money. Because when the fighters make more money, you're going to get better athletes showing up. And when you get better no athletes show, showing up, you get more spectacular action. So if they bumped it up to $2 million and then went back to $1 million, I go, you might have to lose a little money for a little while to get better action into these gyms because – I just think, again, this subculture of basketball is so much fun to watch on YouTube because I'm such a basketball freak. Uh, I, I can consume it all. And I do think there's a lot of great players that maybe can't make the 420 that are, are in the NBA, but they still no can ball. And we just need to create this kind of subculture where where they can go out loosey-goosey and show up to gyms and pack it out and I just love it all. Did you guys catch well, that just and not... one doc? Did you catch the and one documentary about the? Yeah, it's great. That on Netflix? Yeah. It was, it's fascinating, right? That, that was that, it, that was fascinating. I, I I keep waiting for someone to replicate that, and I, and I'm wondering how you would do it. How do you? What's your take on that? How could you replicate something like that? This the street ball thing. Well, my, on well, YouTube? my my take my take is it's not just United States anymore. Basketball is growing tremendously in China and in India, yeah, uh, all over the world. So at the time of and one. I mean, their market was the United States. Now you have a whole world. It's global. And there's just so much more opportunity and so many different angles you can go with it. 
there's opportunity there at best. I like N one. I just truly feel that I think I could beat the professor's ass one on one. I really do. <laughs> I think he would have a tough time. He's not getting around me. And uh and I don't think he's got a I don't think he's got a solid 20 footer. So you put the ball in my hands, professor ain't stopping me. I can, I know I could beat that little shit. We can arrange that. I know where he lives. So we can we can has make he, Has he recently happen. been confined to a wheelchair or something? Because I I, I feel like unless that's the case, how he, yeah. what you just said ain't how, how old are you again? Johnny, you watch too much TV, too many look, this is real McCoy, man. I'm in New York. I'm 300 yards away from West Fourth, the cage. I mean, that's where I started here in New York. I go up to the cage and just ball for like two, three hours, man. And when you lose in the cage, you're done. You go to happy hour, it's over with because you're not getting back in. There's 5,000 teams waiting to play. That's crazy. So uh, real quick, NBA, I'm a huge NBA fan. Huge, huge. If you can change any rule, what cha- rule would you change? The end of games. Uh, the last two minutes of games, I would go with what TBT does with the Elon Mack and and uh, play to a score. Shut the clock off. Overtime or at the no. end of the game? Eh, you can do either. I mean, if you want to play it out, go ahead. But if it should it should be a no brainer for overtime. But I would do it for regulation. That way, you have you never have an overtime and just have a game winning shot every single game. Regular season uh, and postseason. Not- you're talking about. Regular season, postseason, it should be it should be the regular. It should be the reg because we grow up playing to a score. We don't grow up playing to a clock. And then it's next basket wins, a, baby. Next basket wins. Let's do yeah. it. So people people are afraid of change, in my opinion. The change change is good, and the NBA needs to embrace it because as they did in the first NBA game or the first NBA All Star game that they implemented it. It was fantastic. Players embraced it. They competed, and and it was the most exciting action NBA All Star game has ever seen. Well, imagine if that was a, the regular season. And, and people, not enough people watch the TBT where it's become mainstream, and and you know of how how an Elam ending is, but it's just much more exciting. And I was watching a game the other night, NBA game the other night. It took probably a half hour to finish the last two minutes of the game. It's, it's the following and the time stop. It just it just. It's not for me. The, the viewership would increase. Can you opinion. imagine if it was last basket wins in the NBA? You'd see, you'd finally see somebody get punched in the fucking face. Well, that's would, my whole thing is like, if I could change one thing, I'd bring hand checking beyond the three point line. Within it, you can't. So these guys aren't going like Knicks versus like Pistons in the 80s and 90s. But outside, because if these shooters are so good now, if they get heat, if they get hot, you just wrap it up. It's over. I mean, you got to give a defense a chance to keep the game interesting and just a little hand checking beyond the three point line just to get these guys out of the rhythm because they're so good at shooting now. It's so it's good. Done. Yeah, you, JJ, JJ Reddick, with the statements he's made li- lately, his head is so far up his ass. I mean, don't tell me. He talks about, no, there's physicality when guys are holding on to Steph Curry's. Get the f- – dude, Isaiah Thomas would be put in a headlock uh, yeah. if he got within the, <laughs> within, within the top of the key. It would – like, dude, stop it. Like, it, the difference today with the physicality, I'm talking just guys sc- cutting through the three-second uh, lane, uh, guys popping over a screen. 
You don't see guys getting knocked down. You don't see yeah. guys going through the hole. Because this is all about third and fourth contracts. That's why. So I think you have, I think the commission, I have zero faith in Adam Silver to do any of this, but I think you should go what baseball with a DL. So if, if you're going to keep sitting your star players, you have to sit them for seven games, eight games, if you're really going to do this. So if you're, if they're going to fake injury, Seven, eight games. You got to sit them. They can't come back until it's over. So you're not going to sit them unless you absolutely have to. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. we got, I mean, this, I'm a Clipper fan. This load management shit is just a not, I, and they keep saying, oh, let's wait till we get to the playoffs. I've seen this. You guys have no chemistry. It's true. That is very true. And, and if you, you do, if you do get rid of back to backs, which I'm fine with, they got to start practicing, man. These guys need to practice. There's no practice going on. Nobody's practicing. I, you, you know basketball. You probably don't watch a lot of Clipper games. I'm still at – I call in the NBA radio and go, what, what is our offense we run? Do we have an offense? Do, do we run anything other than get the fuck out? I would love to hear you call in the NBA away? radio. I wish I would love to be listening and then hear you call in. <laughs> call in. Dude, what's the, what's the, what are we running? Tell me what we're <laughs> No, no, nobody knows. It's like, get out Kawhi's way and hope and pray. And then Zubak goes one on five for a rebound. Anyways, so, um, <laughs> so I'm just yelling. Yeah, let's do a 360 because Sam's sitting there talking about practice. Sam's talking about practice. I love – when I played, I loved practice. practice. I loved practice. Dude. Well, that's when I we got to play, right? We're you actually got to play. Practice? Practice. Shut up, Johnny. Shut up. <laughs> Um, Sam, can you still move? Can you can you still move with the legs? The leg situation. Can, how's your lateral movement? I want to get back to playing basketball. I haven't played it in a while. I used to play it all the time, and then it was just like I was just getting like eighth graders getting in my grill, and I'm just like, am I going to start clocking kids right now? Or so that's I'm how like, I feel. I need to go. I need to go. Dude, I that's can't. How I, I, these kids. I literally, I literally met Dan. It was like '96. Mm -hmm. I met yeah. him. On an outdoor basketball court. I don't know who the hell he was. He didn't know who I was. We met on an outside court in what we used to call in the summer, we used to call it the unemployment league. <laughs> it was literally at noon, like 20 guys would show up and you just balled for like two hours. And I love better. basketball, dude. Because I wasn't unemployed. I was a kid. I was yeah. A kid. yeah I, <laughs> I was working basketball camps. It was like it would in psychology, Howie, in psychology, they call that projecting what you did right there you were projecting yourself onto dan so dan yeah. what, what do you, howie what do we want to talk to dan about we we, we talked basketball long Let's enough do a 360 dan's a gm How about 180 we do 180? 180. all right we'll do a we'll do a 90 because if we go 360 we're back to talking basketball let's just go right, one more fucking 80 it's, it's, more, it's more fun i'm glad i'm glad you're a gm but Dan sells houses, okay? This is what he does. He's a realtor in an area that's grown like crazy. Property values are going through the roof. It's a crazy. problem. Sam and I, we're both looking at properties right now. We're trying to buy something. And the problem you have right now, Dan, and you know this, you got home prices are still high. You got interest rates. Mortgage rates are going up every day. I think the rate 30-year fix is 6.88 today. And the biggest problem, and you always tell me, I'm like, Dan, find me a fucking house. And you're like, there's no inventory limited inventory so what do we do now man we want to buy something it's always a good time to buy but if you're 
for a first time home buyer, always a good time to buy. Uh, you know, it's better than renting. That's basically simple, simple math right there. But if you're an investor, probably, probably want to think about holding and directing your money elsewhere, better investments potentially, because you miss your opportunity, in my opinion, uh, even though prices appear to be going up and up and up. Um, there's got to be a cap to that. There's got to be. There's got. It's got to end somewhere, um, right? If you're looking to pick a spot up, pick. It's just being patient right now. No, no inventory. You're waiting for the market, and then guess what? You're probably competing against five other buyers. So you have to you get know aggressive. What's amazing and is, cash, is, cash. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. But what's amazing is I'm looking up today, and they said the most important thing with finding a good value is location. And they named all these places in the country. Yeah, I mean, the best place in the world right now is Austin, Texas. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to fucking move to Austin, Texas. It's 9,000 <laughs> degrees there. I, I just don't see myself well, ever. Property value is plummeting there. For it's the dropping. Yes. Austin's a good place. It's a good value. Um, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. They're named, they named all the – you know the worst two places to live in the whole United States? The worst values where Sam and I live. Uh, anywhere around LA and anywhere around New York City, you're screwed. Uh, so you know, I, I don't Syracuse, New York, Sam is the best value in New York State right now. Properties are actually dropping in Syracuse, New York. I'm not yeah. seeing any of that. My market, my market is climbing by day. Yeah. Every day homes are appreciating. So I can't really speak to that. In Saratoga? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, were you were you that were you at the Howie Dewey uh special? I was there. Yeah, yeah. came yeah. to see you guys. I saw yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you guys um, are on fire. I'd laugh my ass off there. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. So, I want to yeah. ask you a question because I had a good friend of mine. He just bought a um a house, and he's kind of freaking out that he bought it at a really high value. And my because you know everyone's talking interest rates right now and stuff like that. So my question is this. You know, you, you you just said something very interesting. Like, it's never a bad time to buy your first house, which I totally understand. Can I buy at this high interest rate? And when interest rates go down, can I refinance my house at a lower well, rate? You can. And I you want to talk to a mortgage professional. I'm not a mortgage professional, but it's it's. I can tell you the basics. If, if it dips significantly, yes, you can refi. But you want to hold on that. You want to know that you're holding on to that house that property for say six or seven years because you're still paying closing costs. It's still going to cost you to refi that. It's a whole other closing. Ah. So you're coming out of pocket. Yeah. So you want to make sure that that math makes sense over the long term of your, of how long you hold that property. But if you're looking to sell that property in two years, you don't want to refi it. You just want to suck up that rate, sell it and uh, take advantage of hopefully lower interest rates when you buy your next property. So Dan, even with an adjustable rate, you still have to refinance and do the closing and everything. Uh, I'm not quite. I'm not quite sure. Well, if you refi, you're getting a different loan. So yeah. whether yeah. you you move it from an adjustable to a fix or another adjustable, it, I I mean I believe it's just another loan product. So you have to, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. You can do a loan modification. Some some lenders will allow you to do a loan modification. It's different than than refinancing. If you can do a loan modification where you're just adjusting the terms of the loan and they allow you to do, do that, then great. Then you're not paying closing costs. You make you'll pay a fee. But yeah, I'm not a mortgage professional, so I don't really know the the uh, 
the, the terms of everything, but but definitely check with your loan professional and 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 try to balance balance it over the long term of the of how long you're going to hold the property. Now, here's a big question I have, and this, and I know Sam wants to know this too because this this always scares me a little bit. You talk to if you read anything about buying a home, they're always like, yeah, you got you know you're twenty percent down. I mean, you look at a half million dollar house. You got to come up with six figures to buy that house. But everything I read today, and you know more about this than we do, they say hardly anybody puts 20% down, that most people put on average 10% down. And you can actually, there's FHA loans where you can put down three to 4% down. Tell us about that. There's FHA loan would be three and a half percent down. Um, uh, yeah, but there's a cap to that. So it depends on your market, your the county you live in. Uh, and then if you're buying a million dollar home, you're probably getting a jumbo loan and you will likely have to put down at least 15% for that, I imagine. But say you're getting a conventional loan, uh, buying a, a $600,000 house, uh, getting a conventional loan, uh, but say, say you're buying a $500,000 house, getting a conventional loan, you could potentially put 3% down with a conventional loan. So there's different loan products. You just gotta, you gotta talk to your loan professional and weigh it out. FHA loans are not very competitive. If you're in a multiple offer situation, an FHA loan is not going to compete against a conventional loan or cash. So a lot of it, the way the market's been, where we've had a lot of multiple offers in competitive situations, I'm not sure in order to be competitive. Uh, sellers don't want to see the FHA loan. So it, it's it, the, the market changes and your loan products change with the market. Uh, you really just have to to um, talk to your loan professional. Yeah, you don't have to put twenty percent down. You can you can always typically always put ten percent down, but it, it depends on the situation because if it's competitive, that's when you go to cash, or that's when you go to twenty percent. So when you say yeah, cash, you, can... you mean uh, the initial money? No, hundred percent, hundred percent cash. So if a house is one point three million, you you come in with one point three mil. One point three mil. Yeah. Damn, yeah. bro. Damn. That's, yeah, that's it, and these because it's it's where the market's been. It's been competitive. So, in order to win that deal, you got to go in with, with a competitive mindset, and and where you would typically make that money work for you elsewhere, at a low, especially when rates were below three percent. Yeah, you could use that money elsewhere, invest it. Now you're using it to buy your home, yeah. so you could win the deal, and it just. Yeah, every, everybody's situation is different, but those are just, it's just another tool to win a deal by throwing cash down. And uh, it's been, it's been like that. It's been like that. Um, but uh, yeah, typically you can get away with 20% down uh, and still be competitive. But um, if you have leverage in a situation, you can still eliminate the private mortgage insurance PMI with, with various lenders by putting 10% down. That's big too, the PMI. Because yeah, PMI just kills you. What is PMI? Private mortgage insurance. So uh, the lender is basically forcing you to pay to insure the loan. In other words, Sam, they you we have to we would have to get PMI, and that basically assures the lender that we're going to pay our mortgage every month. Yeah, they don't get stuck. But. I also read, Dan, where after like four or five years, once you pay off, I want to say 10% of the home mortgage or something, you can get rid of that PMI. Now, once you can get an appraisal done, and once you have uh, uh, 
20% paid up. So you have 80%, okay. uh, an 80% loan. You have 20% in equity. Then that would eliminate the PMI. That saves you a lot, man. Yeah, yeah. So it's always best if you can put 20% down. However, if you if you want, uh, there are loan products that allow you to put 10% down and eliminate the PMI. It's just, you have to talk to your lender. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm sitting in an apartment here in New York City. I got to be honest with you. I like it. I like the location. My girl, my girlfriend, and Dan knows her because she's driving him nuts. When I say say she wants out, she wants to buy a house tomorrow. She's smart, dude. I mean, I love you to pieces. But it's like New York City... Like where you live, that's for young people, man. Yeah, but you're let me tell young. You I, like you guys gotta go get a house and where you could chill and put a basket outside and shoot shots and chill, Bill. I mean, like, like we I, are. I, we I'm are going to get a valley, house. Getting out of Hollywood, I just like it's for young people. You gotta go where it's chill out and you just yeah, get it's like own a own a piece of property. I, I see how I see how we on a front porch just heckling everybody that walks by. That's what I see. We're fucking throwing eggs at them. I'll get so much. <laughs> First thing I'm going to do when I get up there, I'm just going to buy the whole entire police department gift certificates. So I'm going to be kissing the cops' ass all the. That's the first thing I'm doing. The chief of police. We're going out to dinner. I'm just. We're going to get tight, man. But here's another question I have for you, and 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 Sam will oh, he'll piggyback on this one too. Have you run into this yet? Have you run into a situation where you're dealing with either somebody buying or selling a home and that home is either being purchased or was purchased by an institutional investor? You know, so because right now, 4% of all the homes in the United States, 4%, and it's expected to go up to 35, 40%, 2030. What? Yeah. They're controlled by... You know, companies yeah. Blackstone, yeah. Tricon, Real. We call them the Legion of Doom. American Homes for Rent. Some of these big companies, you know, after the 2008 crisis, they saw these foreclosures. And, you know, this is Wall Street, man. Wall Street's going to make a buck anywhere they possibly can. They saw these foreclosures. They went in. They bought. I want to say they have uh, right now they have like. I don't know. It's, they expect to own 7.6 million homes possibly by 2030, but they bought a bunch of them. Um, have you ever, have you run into any of that yet? Up I, I'm not running into any of that up here. Okay. I'm really not. No, so there's not still, a market. Yeah. It's mostly, not in here it's mostly in the yeah. South, the South, the, the Southwest. It's big, Sam. It's out in Arizona. I guess in Tampa, they're going crazy. They're buying Tampa, Florida. huge chunks of Tampa. Yeah, they are. I know they did that in Vegas. Like, there's just whole blocks in Vegas that are just owned by banks. But I will tell you this. They did, after COVID, when, when houses went through the roof, they're not stupid. They did sell a shitload of them, and they made a huge profit because that's what they do. They make profits. Um, but you know, my whole thing is too, I think you gotta own, you know, that's the American dream. It still is, man. You wanna, you know, I've owned homes in the past. Uh, you gotta buy something. I do agree. You gotta have a home base. With that being said, Sam, see this little apartment I'm sitting in, not getting rid of this baby, not getting rid of it, keeping it Buy the house and I'm keeping this. 
Because you know, my girl loves me to get away from her for weeks at a time, sometimes, sometimes months. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly years. But, so you're gonna keep both of those, Howie? Yeah, I'm keeping it. We're keeping this thing, yes. Yeah, it's gonna put me in debt a little bit, but you know what? It'll, <laughs> it's, worth it. it's worth I it. think about that all the time because we have a we have a really nice studio where we it's so nice and it's Dana's lived here since the 90s and it's like so cheap so I mean we would like to keep both of them I was thinking about maybe turning into a studio possibly but I don't know if the landlord will be cool with that but we'll figure it out ma'am yeah yeah I mean you know we talked about I said man we're in the West Village she's had this thing for 20 years I'm like you know we can't get rid of this man this is you know I'm going to need a place to, you know, every now and then daddy likes to go a little rogue. I like to do, I like to get away for a weekend, make, maybe, maybe make a bad decision or two. Who knows? <laughs> this is a good spot to do it. This is a really good spot to do it. Okay. I mean, you're just Love basically it. telling us you're going to get weird on the show. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say I'm getting weird. You're making us all very uncomfortable right now. Maybe so I want to come down and just play a weekend of basketball and get a little crazy. You don't know. Maybe that's my weirdness. Maybe that's how I fucking, you know, get out on the spectrum. Everybody else seems to be. So let, let me ask you something, Dan, before we let you go. Because, yeah. you know, you're probably tired of hearing from us and our uh, <laughs> stupid talk. I love it. I love but, it. Like, you know, when, when the whole, like, real estate market just crashed before, it was a lot about adjustable loans and people getting these adjustable loans. And then one day their mortgage ballooned to a bazillion dollars. And uh, so, I mean, like you want to fixed, right? But what do you need to acquire a fixed loan? And is the fixed loan the best loan to get? I I mean, rates were so low before you know, under 3%, that it just kind of made sense to have a 30-year fix rather than adjustable. Um, now, now with rates creeping into, you know, flirting with seven, up over seven, just under seven, going to continue to fluctuate between six and seven over the next year, I assume. Uh, yeah, I, I'm seeing buyers get an adjustable rate, which which makes sense. If you're not looking to be in a home for, for a long period of time and you anticipate selling that with two, three, five years, which most first time home buyers do will sell a home within five to seven years, then why not get an adjustable? It's going to reduce your, your rate and you're probably not going to be in danger of holding onto that mortgage long-term. So the, the adjustment, whenever it happens, will never, will never happen. Hopefully. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I'm seeing a return of the adjustable rate mortgages for sure. One last uh, I think it's, Oh, go ahead, Dan. No, I just think it makes more sense for many, many home buyers. It seems like it, especially with rates going up. One last question. I'm a 30-year-old guy. I'm done with my 20s. I've banged everything I possibly can. I'm ready to settle down. I'm ready to buy a house. What advice would you give me? What, what advice would I give you? Yeah, I want to buy my for, first for a, for, buy a house. First time ever. I'm 30 years old. Uh, well, you save that nut and you put the twenty percent down. I would save that. It, 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't pull the trigger necessarily until you save that nut and you can you can assure yourself you have some equity. Uh, um, yeah, and, and just don't overspend. People, too many people go too big first time. Get that set, settle for that townhouse that 
you don't have to have the yard. You don't have to have the perfect location. You don't have to be in the school district that you want right away if you have a newborn. Buy a house, build some equity, and then and then uh, hope the market appreciates over two or three years. If it doesn't, you still have that equity, and you can uh, roll that house over into the the home you want after you build your your professional life and your family's growing and and you hopefully are making more money. And yeah, I just don't go big, don't don't go too big, and make sure you have that money in reserve. That's my advice: is is just don't go too big too quick. Yeah, especially when you're young so, like that. It makes a lot of sense. You're for a guy like me, like I did it. I, I went too big too quick. I made that mistake when I was 30 years old and I regretted it. So my my advice to everyone is is just don't do what I did. Like I, I got into this house that just overwhelmed me and and uh in a location that I didn't want and I paid way too much for it and and uh yeah, it it, it strapped me and I, I just wouldn't want anybody else to do that. So that's I tell them don't do what I did what I did. And that's yeah, that's what, to, that's what I'm trying Hopefully. to tell my, my girl. Um, you know, those those condos right next to that restaurant we ate at, there's those beautiful new condos. There's like two condos for sale. They got a warm, heated swimming pool on the top. You don't ever have to worry about repairs, mowing the lawn, washing windows, stuff that I'm going to be doing on a fucking week, weekly basis. And she's like, no, it's a, it's a stupid condo. It's like, it's like living in New York. I, I want a house with a with trees in the yard and oh god yeah i'm gonna die of a heart attack shoveling snow i'm a condo guy i want to be able to leave my place and not worry about it yes i don't yes yeah i don't want any no maintenance for me that's my style i can see i mean it's gonna be a heart attack in the next three years shoveling snow i guarantee it's gonna happen oh and sam the sam the uh like what happened what happened back in 2007 2008 that that time frame I don't think that's going to happen again. I, the the mortgages are underwritten in an entirely different way. It's not the wild wild west anymore. There's everything's much more secure. I I believe we're, I don't believe we're going to have a crash like that ever again. No, that was a situation where I mean I could tell you how bad things got so overextended. Uh, you know they were giving anybody a mortgage. Um, no income verification. No, yeah, it was a big scam. Everybody was in on it. Wall Street was yeah, yeah. just heads to them. I mean, they were just uh, uh, overextended to the hilt. And I mean, we're lucky. It could have been a lot worse than it was. So cash daddies, when is, when is this air? When are we going to see this? Tomorrow. It'll <laughs> be out tomorrow. This will be out tomorrow. I don't uh, know. What, uh, what happened to Sam? Did Sam just did Sam get trapped? No yeah. Uh, he says he just sent me a text. Sorry, an emergency. So I, I think he must have had to take a shit or something. <laughs> I, I hope he didn't have a heart attack or a stroke. No, he, that you know, yeah, it probably is. He probably shit his pants. It happens a lot on here. It happens. You know, he's seventy-two well, years. That naturally happens when your organs get old like that. But uh, well, Dan, man, it's yeah, awesome it's, having you on the show, man. It's awesome having the show. Yeah, you guys it. need to come down for the Atlantic Ten tournament over at Barclays. All right, well, well, well uh, that's a possibility. We'll talk yeah. about it this weekend. Next All right, day. Johnny. Good talking Thanks, to you, man. brother. All right, man. All right, Dan. Right, Thanks, buddy. Bye. Awesome. Cash daddies. Hey, everybody. Sam has his daughters to think of, and if you have a family, you know how much your loved ones depend on you. In a worst-case scenario, 
you would not want them to have to worry about money. A good life insurance plan can give you peace of mind that if something happens to you, your family would have a safety net to cover mortgage payments, college costs, and other expenses so they can get back on their feet and focus on what's most important. Now's a great time to take the lead to future-proof your family's finances by getting life insurance, and Policy Genius gives you a smarter way to find and buy it. I know Sam recently gave himself that peace of mind by buying a life insurance policy and he sleeps much better at night knowing that his daughters would be taken care of in the event something happens to him, God forbid. Policy Genius was built to modernize the life insurance industry. Their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $39 per month for $2 million of coverage. Some options offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius has licensed agents who can help in the best fit for your needs. They work for you, not the insurance companies. That means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another so you can trust their guidance. There are no added fees and your personal details are kept private. No wonder they have thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net. You deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description of this episode to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. Again, that's policygenius.com. All right. Sorry I missed the end of it. Uh, emergency had to deal with it. Back in the saddle. With the boys. I just had one last story I, I thought was interesting. You got, uh, you know, uh, famous real estate billionaire Sam Zell shitting all over the Fed this week. He, he's expecting the uh, slowdown to continue. And he, here's what he had to say about the Fed. He says, when you spread out free money for years at a time, you create significant drag. And I just don't see how we are going to avoid a slowdown as that whole process comes to an end. I think the Fed screwed up by allowing zero interest rates to go on too long. I think we are just beginning to pay the price for that. It would be nice to say that it would be great if the Fed got lucky. I've been around for 50 years and I've never seen the Fed get lucky. And that's from Sam Zell. What do you think about that, Howie? A lot of people feel that way. I mean, yeah, a lot of people are pissed on both sides. I mean, did they raise them too quickly, too fast? General consensus is, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're fucking, we're headed into a recession. There's no doubt. I mean, it may not be too long, maybe six months to a year. And that does really no effect on the market. I mean, if the stocks go down, we're in good shape. We want it to go down right now. So um, I don't really care much about that. I hope unemployment rate, I hope it doesn't go up too high. Uh, but I don't know. There's there's so many, there's smart guys on both sides. Um, I do think they're going to raise rates another 25, 50 basis points, you know, to, you know, shut down inflation totally. But I can see why he's pissed. I can definitely see that that way. I mean, that's an investor with billions of dollars. What do you? What's your pick this week for the for this part of the podcast, Howie? Uh, I like this week. I like OXY. I don't know if I picked it last week. Occidental Petroleum, an oil company. Um, it's an, it's another one that hit support last week. Um, and I like 3M MMM. I like both of them, man. They're both at support levels. I think they're great buys right here. There are, it's, this is the weirdest market. It's because if, if we can be specific and we can pick certain stocks and certain sectors, we'll be okay. But if you're just buying and holding, 
um, or you're just buying mutual funds and sitting back, you're in trouble because you're going to see probably the majority of the market drop and just a few specific sectors go up. So you got to be on edge. I'm on edge, man. I'm going to be on tilt for the next few weeks, especially with Kyle's what basketball. What is it, a new uh, gay sex app, Tilt? Is, is it? That, we should start. That's a good name for one. That is a that good is, name for yeah, one. Yeah, that's yeah. like genius. Show, show, a dude, show a dude upside down on a, on one of those fucking uh, seesaws and just call it Tilt. Do you want to give him a pick? A, a pick, or do we save that for the Patreon? <laughs> Were you Dude, paying attention yeah, to the were, past where two minutes? The last minutes? sixty seconds when we just put the tip. tip where were the last sixty seconds? Where was your mind at? <laughs> so check you, I was thinking about how we can market tilt. <laughs> he just gave his pick. Tilt? Oh no, yeah, he, he, he gave two picks. You weren't paying attention. I know that was a heat <laughs> check on you guys. Guys, thank you for tuning in. That was a heat check on us, Howie. Thank you for tuning in, Cash Daddies. Wow. We're banking fatties. Uh, love you guys. Greatest show ever. Show just growing leaps and bounds every week. Now we're going to see you over there at the Patreon. Yeah. <laughs>